0: We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. Now, I'm not saying that I'm going to turn this into a fortnightly show, (laughs) because it's never going to be a fortnightly show. But you got all excited and decided that we should record an episode... This being the first of June of this Dear cast podcast, mm. because last night we went over to a friend's place and we'd been eating kind of like, would you call it American style burgers? Yeah, I guess, I guess most burgers are American style. Cause- but like I'd been p- having particularly like the southern fried chicken mm. kind of that, that burger was particularly American. Mind you, were the buns
1: brioche buns? Yeah. So it's kind of America via France, I suppose.
0: Yeah, but American burgers use brioche. Oh, do they? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sure they do. <laughs> I, I don't thought, know. I thought they use like sesame seed buns. Like the Whopper?
1: Yeah. To all beef. Oh, no, you're thinking of McDonald's. Oh, McDonald's, God. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving along. The Big Mac. To beef, patties, special sauce, those cheese, pickles, onions, on a sesame seed
0: bun. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. That's right. Anyway, mm. so myself Catherine mm. um, did try a little bit of this whiskey last night and and you Lewis did not get an opportunity to try it because you were you're being the the sensible driver
1: yeah I, I was gonna I, I was gonna um, you know bring that up and make it, make a point of that because um, it's a you know it's very nice drinking whiskey and everything like that mm-hmm. but uh, you know if you are driving somewhere it's it's very important to know the limitations about what you can actually in, in vibe before uh, you, you know, you're you're kind of you know over the limit and dangerous on the
0: road. Well, yeah, because it's like twenty five mils is a standard drink. Yep, and men can generally have two standard drinks in the first hour and one thereafter. That one. Per hour thereafter, yeah, which is not a lot of whiskey the way that we pour it. <laughs> no. so it generally means that if you're driving, you don't drink. Exactly, yeah. Well, I I can
1: drink, but it's like knowing knowing your limitations. As I said, like the um, you know, I have if I've got a beer or something like that, I usually drink Rogers, which is a mid strength. So that one can of Rogers is one standard drink. So you can know exactly how much you can drink without being
0: over the limit and unsafe to drive. True. Yeah. So back to the burgers. <laughs> um, sort of these American style, like, you know, mine had the sort of the bourbon barbecue sauce and, and coleslaw in it. And it was, you know, quite tasty. Um, coleslaw, maybe a little bit too heavy on the old mayo. So, <laughs> so it made it a little bit, um, a little bit, uh, soggy on the bottom of the bun, mm-hmm. but that was all right. Managed to get around that. And, then so we we're having a glass of wine with our burgers because that's how we roll, apparently. And then our friend Alex said, Hey, we should have a whiskey, but do we have whiskey with an E? Because We've just had these burgers. I was just like, mm, okay. And he actually said, I've got a Lillet whiskey, which I got all excited about because I do like Lillet as a replacement as Vermouth in my martinis, which there's not a lot that goes in there, let's face it, because I like my martinis particularly dry. But it's not Lillet. It's actually Bond and Lillard. Ah, well, that's the name of the the, the company. Yeah. Yeah. And so – I thought, well, give it a shot because one of the things that we did on the last cruise that we went on, which may be the last cruise that we (laughs) go on. No, there'll be
1: other cruises in the future,
0: I'm sure. Oh, it depends. And so one of the things that we did was a whiskey tasting, but it was whiskey with an E, and we went in there with an open heart and an open mind knowing that there would be both um, single malt whiskeys and that there would be perhaps blends um worked out that there was a Canadian whiskey in there. I think we had some Canadian club Um and also some bourbons. So it was interesting going through all that and not having drunk a lot of bourbon ourselves. It was kind of interesting getting into that and actually finding that, hey, there are some really nice ones out there. Mm. In particular for me was that Sinatra. I think it was Jack Daniels who put that out. Mm. And it just had this really – warm, comfortable feeling and it was like drinking a glass of cigars and and Chesterfields. That's the only way that I can ever describe it and the only way that I will continue to describe it. Um anyway, so we cracked open this bottle and I was really pleasantly surprised. But um maybe we'll get stuck into it and and then we can talk a little bit more about it. What do you think? Yeah.
1: Did you think that Alex didn't actually like the bourbon? That's why he sent me home with like half the bottle? Possibly.
0: <laughs> Are you ready? Yep. Hey, that was a good one. Um, given that it's already been opened as well. So it's only a wee bottle. And um, just do a wee pour each. It's, yeah. So how, how,
1: how much? What's the, the size of the bottle? Is like 500 mils or oh, 300, is it? Um,
0: oh, it's uh, 50% alcohol. Um, <laughs> Don't care about that. Here, let me look. Mr. I need glasses to see these days. Uh 375. Oh. Ah. So it's only a, it's a ha- tiny little a,
1: It's basically half a bottle of whiskey.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um so tiny little half bottle. It's quite cute. I do like the labelling. Mm. Um but have a have a little bit of a sniff and see what you think.
1: It's very um uh, sweet and kind of bananery smell. It's got to it.
0: Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of like, yeah. So it's got that vanilla kind of like that oaky smell because mm. you're always going to get that, I reckon, with a bourbon. Oh, And, it's
1: and it's- that's how I know the difference
0: between <laughs> drinking a bourbon and drinking yeah. a single malt whiskey. Thank you, Mr. Stewart person on Qantas. Have you told
1: that story before? <laughs> yeah, I've you're- told it okay, probably bourbon. five times if Bare I've ever told it. Okay. Uh, but the... The uh, yeah, of course, bourbon is going to be a, a lot oakier smelling than your, your single malts because bourbon they use the the oak barrels initially up front, but they only use them once, mm-hmm. and then they get sent to Scotland and other places to become barrels for single malt whiskies. Very true, and so. I assume the reason they use the the oaks up front is because they they want to really get that wood forward kind of taste to the bourbons.
0: Yeah, I guess it gives it that slightly I mean, I think that Americans have generally got a sweeter palate. Yes, that is very true. So I think that that's the character that they're wanting to go Mm. after. They also use a corn base quite often. So it's not uh, not a, um, a barley base, no. Like you, you would find. I mean, I think that watts. they use other grains, but mm. it's generally speaking, um, a corn base. So um, yeah. So I think that that's just going to enhance that sweetness, in my opinion, mm. and probably the opinions of lots of people that know what they're talking about as well. <laughs> um, so have you had a little sip? Not yet. I'm uh, I look for because, like you're saying, banana on the nose. Mm. A little bit of that vanilla, of course.
1: Yeah, very very woody. Mm. Not too sweet though. It's not like um syrupy sweet or anything like that. No,
0: no, no, but it's got a definite mouthfeel mm. to it.
1: Yeah, I, I just, it's that
0: thickness. Yeah,
1: it's quite nice. It's not uh you know, it's not clearly you know very different from a uh a, a single malt whiskey, but it's still you know very nice, easy drinking.
0: You know, there's no there's no harshness to it. No, I'd I'd agree with that. Mm. It it doesn't have that, burny kind of feel. That I I find quite often with Irish whiskies mm. and, and well, I mean this one's sitting at fifty percent. Irish whiskies and bourbons they do have that tendency to have that sort of like that burny kind of feel to them. Mm but this one doesn't. It's got a warp, Can, it's got a warp to it, though. Yeah. That, yeah. And I, I think it's got a bitterness to it. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, I kind of get that sort of that tannin kind of taste and also a lot of floral notes coming in. And the more I drank it last night and in that first sip that I've had today, I kind of feel like I get that sort of like that bitterness but like a tea kind of bitterness and almost some floral notes like a little bit of gardenia. Um, a little bit of jasmine, so it's almost like a jasmine green tea kind of feel coming through for me.
1: Oh yeah, I could I could see that. Yeah,
0: <clears throat> which is quite interesting. Mm. But yeah, so um, shall I speak a little bit on on the whiskey? Yeah, go on. So Bond and Lillard, um, so Bond and Lillard were quite a trusted brand pre-prohibition, but of course, prohibition came around and screwed them over. Oh. So they weren't made thereafter. In 1904, I think it was, where's the bottle? Um, I think it was 1904. Um, they won an award um, for their whiskey. So the interesting thing about it having that slight bitterness to it last night is I was thinking about Campari and we weren't looking anything up. We were watching a movie while we were drinking. And I was thinking, oh, it kind of reminds me of like why I like it is I like Campari. I really like a good bit of drink. I really, really, really love um, a Negroni, for instance. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd go that over a, I don't know. <laughs> um, if I was, yeah, if I was drinking, I'd probably go a Negroni over a G&T mm-hmm. if I was being offered both. But Campari for me, I, I like a Campari in soda. I find it really refreshing in the summer and I like that bitter kind of taste. But I do like the extremes of taste, as you well know. I I quite like my sours when it comes to beer. So when I found out that this was actually part of a project that Campari did to revive some old whiskies, it made so much more sense. So what they did is in 2017... Um, this was the first batch of them to come out, and they did this series called The Whiskey Barons. And what they did is they revived some old bourbons from particularly like the, um, uh, pre-prohibition mm. days. So Bond and Lillard, um, had been distilling since I think it was the 1800s. So 1820, um, the Bond family had been distilling since, and then, um, one of them, one of the bonds went into business with his brother in law and they formed a partnership in eighteen sixty nine so they had a fairly big run of mm. the the whole whiskey making thing, but um people got <laughs> people got a little bit weird about the whole um thing about drinking it seems when was prohibition like nineteen oh eight. I'm, I'm not sure. I'll,
1: I'll look I'll look it up. You look that yeah. up.
0: Um, but apparently the judges at the 1904 St. Louis World's Fair, um, they say St. Louis, don't they? They don't say yeah. St. Louis. St. Louis. They say St. Louis? Is it? I'm sorry. No, it's spelt St. Ah. Louis, but they say St. Louis. Fair enough. I think they pronounce the S. Um, so they had the tasting notes from where it won the World's Fair and they were able to go back and recreate it, which is quite interesting. Oh wow! It just
1: um, so prohibition in in America, it went from 1920. Oh,
0: 1920. It was that late. To, okay. To 1933. <laughs> Thirteen years. No wonder there was such a heavy culture around it. Wow. Well, yeah. oh, you think about like how our time has changed through um, isolation and social distancing, and that's a period of less than six months. Mm, mm. Thirteen years of alcohol being effectively banned
1: wow that's amazing and, and you think you think about like uh you know it's not just the alcohol in america there was also alcohol that was being made in like you know scotland obviously single malts and stuff mm. like that mm-hmm. that 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 line was cut off like they had nowhere for the the, the, the booze to go to america
0: well they did well yeah <laughs> they,
1: they found ways around it yes, there, were, there were
0: ways around it yes yeah but you know the the
1: thing the thing I find most interesting about Prohibition it was kind of the lower classes that were the ones that were most affected by it because they couldn't get their hands on the, the liquor anymore. Unless mm-hmm. they like bootlegged it themselves or found speakeasies, but still that would be a bit more expensive for those those kind of people. Mm. So they're the ones like it was kinda of like, you know, the rich people, they would still have free flowing alcohol. There's do no, no problems there. But it was just the you know, it, it
0: was kinda of like the all these misers just go, No, 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 the poor can't drink. <laughs> That's um yeah probably what it was slightly about mm. um but getting away from that the other reason that this is in a three seventy five ml bottle is that um there was not a standardising of bottle sizes in that time so it's a bit of a nod to that mm. so I thought yeah it's quite interesting like when you think about it um just the way that we experienced this whiskey for the first time last night or uh, you didn't have it you had a smell didn't you.
1: No, I didn't even smell it. No. Oh, didn't you.
0: Oh, I thought you smelled it. No. Um I just think it's quite an interesting a- an interesting story behind it that I really wish that we would looked it up last night because we could have had a really good conversation about it but we were busy watching what were we watching? Iron right. Sky 2. What's it called? Iron Sky Rise of something or other. Yeah, I can't believe. yeah it's- if you ever want some nonsense, go and watch that. Maybe we should talk about it on a Tangent City sometime because that is, um, it's just ridiculous fun.
1: Yeah, I might review, uh, review it on, um, uh, this week, uh, on the, the upcoming episode of
0: uh, Unscripted. Ah, lovely. Yeah. That, that sounds yeah. like a plan. Um, so, yeah, so this is actually made by a world tur- uh, wild turkey. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they must be part of the Campari family, mm. which I didn't realize either. Um, but the thing I thought might really tickle your fancy about this is that um, the place that it originally came from is Lawrenceburg. And Lawrence is, of course, one of your middle names. So it's Lawrenceburg and St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, that's funny. <laughs> I think so, even though they're spelt Louis, Louis, but yeah. anyway. Um, so I thought that that was quite funny because that was on the bottle as well and I thought, oh, I wonder if you read that or not. No. Um, but one of the goals that they, um, are doing with, um, this particular, uh, not this particular distillation, but with re-releasing this is that a portion of the proceeds, is, uh, from the Whiskey Baron products that they're doing, um, is going to be donated towards the restoration of the, um, Rippy family mansion. Now, Old Rippy was another one of the Liquor Barons, um, sorry, the Liquor Barons (laughs) near the Whiskey Barons um, collection that they've released. Um, I think it was one of the first two in 2017. And it's um, so the proceeds from this project, um, part of them will be going back to the restoration of the family mansion. Um, because it's on the National Register of Historic Places and they want to restore it to its majestic grand Dam. so um, it's on Main Street in Lawrenceburg mm. so I think that's kind of cool that they're putting some of the money back into this um, back into restoring you know some of that history mm. Mm. so that's kind of cool very nice um but the whiskey itself um, did you have any more thoughts uh, I, I- Kind of like
1: it, Uh, like I've always kind of shied away from um, from bourbons. I've Mm. you know I've always seen like people who drink bourbon. It's generally like I'm drinking bourbon and coke. Um, So it's always been one of those kind of drinks in my head um, that people just drink to get drunk kind
0: of thing well when you think about the cheaper ones like your jim beam Mm. Mm.
1: (laughs) Beam. and that kind of thing
0: (laughs) but you know what i'm like i'm a bit of a um i'm a bit of an odd body like if there's a a whiskey that i like i'm not that big into drinking a lot of the different kind of variations on whiskey i like my whiskey without any e. yeah <laughs> big fan of that um but i think it's important to try and branch out and discover new flavors because i'll have to look up some actual tasting notes on this but it's the floral that sort of and it is to me like a sort of like a cup of tea kind of floral and I was actually thinking we should have served it in little teacups as a bit of a nod to Prohibition.
1: Ah, uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah,
0: I wish I'd thought about that a little bit more. What? I was just like, oh, what glasses should I serve this in? Mind
1: you, they probably never actually drank it during Prohibition because they were shut down before
0: then. Well, yeah, I mean, people might have had the odd bottle stashed here and there. True, true. But, yeah, no, I think it's 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 quite a nice, quite a nice drop, really, if you want to try something a little bit different. Um, I'm sure that... You can probably get it at um, some of the liquor stores out there. I, I think I saw when I was looking it up on my iPad to um, look up the Campari story, um, I did see that there was some at Vintage Cellars, so probably pick up a little bottle there. Mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm.
1: it's, it's, it's funny when they ban – the the Americans ban stuff and it's like the – you know, when they banned Cuban cigars so <sighs> you couldn't get Cuban cigars. But all the rich
0: people are still smoking yeah, Cuban and, cigars. And the, the President of the
1: United States had like a stockpile of Cuban cigars. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's kind of – it's very frustrating where, where it's kind of like, you know, people should have, uh, you know – it's all for one and one for all, but it does not seem to be the case. It's like, you know, uh, all for one and rich people for themselves. <laughs> uh, I got some tasting notes for bourbon and l- uh, sorry bond and the lard bourbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you want uh, some some details?
0: Yeah, go for it.
1: Okay, so uh, the nose. Uh, what did you say? The nose. What kind of do you get from the nose?
0: Uh, I think that you were the one to open up about that. I said why well, I said banana, mm. you mentioned the vanilla. Yeah, vanilla and yeah. um that woody oak, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, okay, so they're saying the nose is vanilla cream, mm-hmm. green apples mm-hmm. and orange zest.
0: Oh, the citrus. Yeah, 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 I get that. Okay. Uh the taste
1: they're saying is a uh, green apple, baking spice, toasted oak and a hint of mint.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, the finish has that familiar wild turkey dry tannic oak mingled with ah tannins,
0: yeah, tannins.
1: Did you? Yeah, yeah. more peppery than cinnamon. Mm-hmm. It's not long, but it does regroup with a nice slow burn in the chest that manages to surge a few times.
0: <laughs> nice. So there you go. Uh, I love professional tasting notes because I'm just like wow, <laughs> like you get so much more out of it than me. But I've only got a baby palate. <laughs> <laughs> It'll get there one day I'm sure. But um, I, I, I I just think I get the more intense things. I find it very interesting that while they said tannic notes, I distinctly it it was like I was tasting you know when you smell tea like you pop open a canister mm. of tea it was like I was tasting what that smells like if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And those floral notes of getting the jasmine and the gardenia, that was – I mean, I'm wearing gardenia perfume today, but I wasn't yesterday. Mm. And that was what really struck me last night. So, yeah, interesting.
1: No, I, I do like it.
0: <laughs> um, and I'll I, I drink it again. Like the, the,
1: I, I
0: – I'd probably actually – Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what it goes for in terms of price, but I would actually quite happily have a bottle of that in the cupboard. I mean, we've only <laughs> – we did manage to give it a fair hit last night, and we have had a wee dram now, but, you know, we've got, like, maybe a quarter of a bottle at a push?
1: Yeah, about a quarter of a bottle. Oh, maybe
0: a fifth. Let's, <laughs> let's be honest. Uh, it's uh, $54.88 per bottle at Dan Murphy's. Do you know, that's not too bad for something – I mean, I know it's only half a bottle, but when you look at what you pay for some whiskeys – yeah, you know, if you doubled that and you're paying $100 for a full bottle, eh, yeah, I would. But it's on it says clearance, so I don't know how much longer we uh, will get it. Uh okay, so maybe we should um, explore maybe putting down a couple of bottles <laughs> just just for the record. Um but yeah, quite quite liked it. I think it's um something a little bit different. I, I really like the story behind it. Yeah, nice. I wish we'd known about that last night, cuz I enjoyed drinking it last night. And I think that's why we ended up with the bottle coming home with us, but <laughs> um yeah just something a bit bit new bit different. Excellent. But um also speaking about new and different, um we've got a distillery that opened in Perth I want to say probably about 4 maybe 5 years ago. Mm-hmm. And um it worked out that it's just round the corner for me um in terms of work and so I quite often go there and and get coffee. So I think we went there before that opened up for coffee. And we went to one of their opening kind of um, little gatherings that they did and we got to try their moonshine, which was the first thing that they – they release so um, we're talking about whippersnapper distillery in Perth
1: because of course the moonshine is basically new spirit before it's gone on to any barrels and got any characteristics correct from the oak.
0: and I think they called it crazy uncle was yeah. the was the name of their moonshine I think we've
1: probably still got some crazy uncle in that.
0: I think we might have oh no I think I might have finished off with juice ah. I think we might have yeah of that first um, first little batch of the old um, crazy uncle um but yeah so I go there quite a bit for coffee um and apart from that first time where we tried the moonshine we hadn't actually done a tasting until probably about a year ago Lou Mm -hmm. and um quite often I go there and obviously I'm working and you know driving back to work so um haven't been trying anything but every now and again one of the girls will go "Mm, you pop pop your nose over this one and just have a wee sniff and some of the whiskies that they do is that, and then they're doing like little small experimentals, which I find really interesting. Um, one of the things that I've always wanted to buy a bottle of, it's just so incredibly expensive, is they do a quinoa whiskey. Which I think is great because it hits two bases. You're getting a ancient grain health food and a whiskey all in one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. not sure if it works out like quite that way. I think it. I think it does. I could justify it as as that. So, but that uh, Project Q, uh,
1: the quinoa whiskey, uh, that retails for 220 bucks a bottle. Yes, so it, it does. Is, it
0: is pricey. It is. Um, I don't think the first batch was that pricey. Um, can I have a little bit of your water, please? Yes, certainly. Oh, have I got my you're, you're own? One. Oh, thank you. I just wanted to just give my glass a little bit of a sploosh. Um, but a couple of years ago, I think probably about three years ago. Yeah, probably would have been, maybe four years ago. Um, So what year did they open up? Uh, just uh, still trying to find that out, actually. Hmm. I think it was probably around 2013, but I could be wrong. Anyway, so I dropped in and... Uh, one of the people that is great at making me coffee said, hey, have you seen this? We've just released it. I'm like, oh, yeah, what's that? And it's a toasted virgin oak – sorry, virgin French oak um, version of their Upshot. Now, Upshot was their first whiskey that they released, and it's quite nice. But this in particular I thought smelled quite quite yummy. Mm.
1: Yeah, check check the uh, the about thing on their on their website. They really
0: haven't specified the the uh, date it opened. <laughs> they probably don't want to because I think that like there's that whole thing of provenance and stuff like that. Like you know that you have to have been around for ages, um, to you know to show that you know what you're doing and all that kind of thing. I think that what they do is actually quite interesting. So one of the things that they're doing at the moment is they've taken a number of barrels of beer that haven't been used in pubs because the pubs are being shut, and they're going they have distilled it into a liquor. And it's great because that way they've brought the beer from mm. those people. It's beer that's not just gonna go literally down the drain mm. because obviously beer's got a shelf life. And it's been revamped into something new and something different that, you know, might actually spur on some other projects. They're value added value add is that what you, is that really what you're going to call it? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I wonder what year it was. You've, you've
1: always asked a question like because because to make whiskey you first make a crude beer mm. called wash, mm-hmm. and you've always said I wonder what it would be like if they took a, a final beer like a beer like an IPA or, or something like that mm. that was the finished product. And then distill that. Mm-hmm. Like, what sort of characteristics would that impart onto the the new spirit? And so you you will get to to taste that in uh, in these you know uh, new kind of whiskeys are going to make from the beer that's been produced.
0: Yeah, because I, I I mean I know that for instance Glenfiddich do the um, uh, IPA, so I think it's fairly. Um, it's, it's just kind of interesting and it's fairly logical that it imparts some sort of amount of flavoring in there. Mm. But, yeah, you're right about their website, though, <laughs> not having any kind of idea on on when it opened. Good old LinkedIn. <laughs> opened in 2013. No, I so, it's about right. 2012, 2013. So... It's been, yeah, I think it was probably about, oh, I want to say it was probably a couple of years in that they released The Upshot and then, of course, they did this little experimental, which um, I got for you for your birthday. So I think it was probably 2016. Yeah, so about three, four years ago. Mm. Would um, you like me to pour you some? Yes. Since it's your birthday present, I'm just like, yeah, we're going to use this for the podcast. Yeah, it is funny oh the color is very rich it's very dark it's very like because the
1: the bourbon and lilar that we just had was very ambery kind of color mm. whereas this um uh yeah this is a very very dark color if it was your if it was your pee you'd be going to the doctor i think <laughs> that's how you
0: rate all your whiskeys. i know um the bottle um is again Whoa. oh it's, <laughs> it's
1: strong what's the
0: uh, what's the alcohol content on this bad boy <laughs> I think this is only a three hundred ml bottle. Um, it's forty five point five. Right. Okay. That's interesting. It's bottle number seventeen of fifty.
1: Because the um, the bottle of Lillard was fifty percent alcohol to volume. Mm. Um, so it, alcohol to volume. Yeah. Well, it's,
0: alcohol by volume. Yeah, by volume.
1: Whatever. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it's, um, this one's actually like not as strong as that one, but so much darker and the, the, the smell of it, like that initial smell is like punches you in the face.
0: Oh yeah. It's got that little methanol kind of like no ethanol <laughs> like yeah I, I always call it the nail varnish yeah. effect but i find that with a lot of japanese whiskies, mm. i get that smell and then if i cover it like this and just warm it just a little bit sometimes you can cover it for a little moment and then open it up and if you take an immediate kind of smell you actually get more citrus out of it mm-hmm. mm. yeah it's interesting
1: But I think it's very, 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 very woody. And I mean, the fact that it's very dark is why it's very, very woody.
0: Yeah. Um, so they charred the barrels mm. before they popped it in. I think taste-wise, it's got that harshness to it that I expect out of like a bourbon or something mm. like that. And they do, I mean, it is a grain-based whiskey that I've used. It's sweeter um, Almost like a marshmallowy kind of sweetness mm. to it because it's got that thickness to it. Um, <laughs> that's not me making that noise, by the way. That's the dogs coming in <laughs> and playing puppy wars the, in a very good-natured way.
1: The the thing it reminds me of, um, remember Okintoshan, uh has the, I think it's three wood, mm. um, which is a very, very woody uh, single malt whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it reminds me a bit of that. yeah just it's really a, heavy on the wood, really heavy yeah and and that's, that's thing some people their palates enjoy like a very woody kind of whiskey, so um, if you are a fan of that, this is definitely like you know would be right up your alley
0: hmm it's quite an oily little batch as well hmm oh it's, it but it's similar in that it's got that real thickness to it, mm. It's certainly not
1: not a whis- not a whiskey I would recommend for the like the faint the person starting to drink whiskey or bourbon this is not something I'd say try this one first mm. um it's certainly one for somebody who's got a more you know just more experience drinking it and and won't get put off by the
0: really woody flavours. Yeah, but you get that and you get people that have had their first whiskey that they've ever tried is like a, like a Lagavulin mm-hmm. and they love it. It just depends. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you just hit it right on the head and some people will try something that you'd say recommend as a beginner whiskey, say like a Glen Glenlivet or something mm-hmm. like that. And they're like, nah, eh, not for me. But then later on down the track they'll – try something completely different and mm. really enjoy it.
1: It's not as burny, like the, the not that the, the, the Bondalilla was really burny, but it doesn't give you that as much warmth. I don't know if that's because we've already had like the first bourbon and that's kind of like already, you know, giving us that warmth,
0: but it doesn't seem to be. I think that it probably didn't help that the first one that we had as well was 50%. Yeah. <laughs> and this is a, it's, it's a tidy 45.5. So you got 4.5 less mm. So, but it's still, it's it's amazing though because you expect
1: like um you know, you see the color of the the bond and a lillard where it's like a, a pale kind of you you you'd think that one is not going to be as strong a whiskey as the um uh, the upshot but uh, I, I think it's just the wood it's just the wood it's a part of that that color that yeah no joke mm. well because like you can't judge a whiskey by its color yeah I know I know but you you, you kind of like you just think it's 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 kind of going to be stronger. Because of that that colour, and it is the, the wood taste is stronger.
0: Yeah, the wood yeah. taste is stronger. But I mean, we've had stronger um, expressions of of Scotch whiskies. I mean, you look at the colour of oh, what's the um, is it a Corrie vrecken What does that come in at? Um, the Ardberg. I'm not sure. Oh, it's it's really strong. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> but there's like I'm sure there's like really pale. And they've got more punch. Well, mm. e- even just based on peak value and the flavor punch mm, that mm. you get, you look at any of the um, – if you pour a little bit of Ardberg in a glass, you're going to get something that looks like it's, you know, it's only got a hint of color. Mm. I mean, it's just past straw. And you could, if you had that side-by-side side with this, then, yeah, you would probably expect more flavor from this kind mm. of coloring – but you actually get more flavour from hardbag because it's got so much peach and mm, mm. and other characters in it, like the seaside and yummy things like that.
1: Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. No, I could, I could see that. And that's that's the thing with the with the upshot. I can definitely taste the trains. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> because uh, whippersnappers like right by the, the yeah. train lines. <laughs> I got that.
0: Yeah. I thought that was quite, quite, quite well done. Yeah. <laughs> Taste the trains going by, yeah. Because Corey reckons at fifty-seven percent. Okay. Yeah, I knew it was quite, mm. quite up there. Not quite your barrel strength, but you know, getting up there. Isn't barrel strength like sixty percent? Depends Sounds on the barrel. Very close. It depends on the barrel. <laughs> but. Um, any final thoughts on this one? Uh, I, I like it. It's um
1: it's good. It's not not one I would drink like, you know, it was not a session um whiskey at all mm. cause it'll, uh, yeah, it's um one you'd have one glass of that's nice and then move on to something else, I think.
0: Yeah, but mm. I think it's quite a, quite a nice one. I'd probably have it a little bit later in the evening mm. normally, not before dinner as we are now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um speaking of things that are interesting, someone proposed a question on a board the other day which was what was the whiskey that you've knocked over the quickest and what was the whiskey that you've knocked over and it's lasted the longest and you might be able to correct me if I'm wrong but I think the one that lasted the longest was the um 18 year old we just finished that off the other day Mm. on World Whiskey Day, and we bought that from a place that opened in 2000 and – Shivers, that might have been 2013 as well that that place opened up. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, probably probably about that. that Yeah, it was about 2013.
0: So that lasted about seven years, (laughs) which is – Pretty big in our family. <laughs> yeah, well, the,
1: the the most of it went uh, in the first year we had it, but then that uh, that last seven years had that last
0: uh, bit that you, still you, counts. You kept,
1: you kept and kept and kept.
0: Still um, counts. I was saving it. No, I think that we'd had a couple of little drams along the way. Mm. I think we got through probably about at least half a bottle, and then had a dram here and there, yeah. and then knocked it over the other day. Um, but I was thinking about the whiskey that I've knocked over the quickest. And I think that that was another eighteen-year-old, which was I think a Glenn Morangy eighteen-year-old, that Dad and I drank watching a game of, um, it was a Bledisloe Cup, mm. and we knocked it over in one match. <laughs> <laughs> and you came in, you was like, and you're still standing, like, yep, we're still good. Because
1: that's you know, in a
0: normal bottle of whiskey,
1: it's forty-five standard drinks. No, really. Yeah, there's a bottle of whiskey just there. Yes. So open the bottle of whiskey and just uh, tell me how many standard
0: drinks are in a bottle of whiskey. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Hmm. Really? I thought it was forty-five. No. This was like going. I was looking at you, just going. No, I would have been on my backside no. if it was forty-five. Fair
1: enough. I stand corrected. <laughs>
0: Unless but still, like, oh, I right. guess over like what two and a half, three hours—that was a fair.
1: Yeah, I mean it's tw- twenty-five. So if you were going drink, so twelve and, drink- and a half drink for drink. So which is like shows how like you tolerant you are of alcohol because your dad's about twice your size.
0: <laughs> no, it wouldn't be. Oh, he probably would be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. huh. there you go. So, but I just thought that was an interesting little um, question to pose. But both of my answers were eighteen-year-olds. No, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Eighteen-year-olds. So good for you. <laughs> Ah yes, <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but yeah. So that's uh, yeah. The, I think we've done done well two bourbons and two fairly good drinking bourbons. Ones you you don't
0: need to stick coke in to be able to to drink it. Oh good god no yeah. no. Um, but that that tea bitterness, I I really enjoyed that in the in the bond and lillard. Mm.
1: And some good beard work as well on the on the label. Ah, um, uh, like, nice. Yeah, the guy the guys there on the label is the same guy. No, it's two different guys, but they've got no because there's Bond yeah. and then there's Lillard. But they've both got this thing going on where they've got uh, like dark side chops uh. and then like a, a stripe of white in the middle of their beard. Oh, is that something to aspire to? No, I can't because my my beard's mostly white now. So no. yes, yeah, so they must have
0: been a little bit younger than you. <laughs> Probably. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the people didn't live a, live as long back in the day. That's true. Yeah. So we're good? Yep, I think they are good. Excellent. Bye. All right, we'll catch you next time. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.